Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. We declare that dry bones will live again. Things that have been dormant shall come alive. Yeah. Uh, some dreams that have been forgotten will dream again. Yeah. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. We decree and we declare that your best days yeah. and your blessed days are just in front of you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We say over you that you are a mountain mover. Yes, Lord. You are a history maker. Yes, Lord. You are a game changer. Yeah. You're a newsmaker. And God is about ready to do something great in your life. Put your hand on yourself right now. We speak life, peace health, strength into you, whoever you are, wherever you came from and however you are, the Spirit of God to touch you and strengthen you and to bless you. Let's do something a little bit unusual. Everybody turn around, point toward one of the campers back there because we have people that are joining on with us from all over the world and we never want them to feel any distance in prayer and we bless you wherever you are. Someone needs prayer tonight. And you've logged on and joined with us special needs in your life but right now the Spirit of God is touching you and we bless you in the mighty name that is above somebody help me the name that is above every name the name of Jesus thank the Lord and amen we got about 10 seconds for a big Holy Ghost praise on a Thursday night I said we got about 10 seconds for a big Holy Ghost praise yeah for a praise that says I'm alive and well. Yes, sir. For a praise that says 2020 is on the way. <laughs> Woo! What a beautiful day. What a beautiful time it is for us to be together on the night shift. Now that we've given God praise, would you just take one minute and find about three people, say hello to them and bless them. Hug somebody, bless somebody, introduce yourself to somebody, tell them. job guys thank you praise the lord hallelujah you may be seated here in the presence of the lord on a thursday night everybody that's happy say i am, I am. everybody that's not listen we're going to pray for you before you get up out of here but we thank god for you we thank god for the season that we're in and all of the many blessings what a beautiful day i see hadi sitting here on the front row we want to extra commend our great Spec, uh, our great children's cornerstone kids, I almost said best spectrum, for helping. I almost took us way back, way back. What a great program on Sunday. Come on, stand up and let's wave it at, at Hottie Dog. God bless you and the entire team. What a great family ministry, and we so, we so want to bless them. All of our campuses had an awesome time on Sunday. I'm, we are, we're in this series on the true light during this season. We've been reminding everyone and uh, reproclaiming. Uh, that Jesus is the true light. Everybody say it out loud with me. Jesus is the true light. Come on, one time real strong. Jesus is the true light. And so we've been taking our text from uh, John 1 mostly. John 1 mostly. And I, I like to read it every time. If I read it uh, enough times, then we will always remember it. All right. John chapter 1 is what I'm reading uh, from tonight. John chapter 1 verse number 4. In him was life. And that life 
was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome it. And uh, uh, verse number six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light, the true light that gives light to everyone which comes into the world. He was in the world and through the world was, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive them, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. How many believers are in the house tonight? Wave at me if you're a believer. Wave at me if you're a believer. If not, the night is still young. The night is still young, and the true light is going to shine on you. Clap your hands one more time. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. I just want to talk to you. A little about this. Um, let me let me let me read one more verse. Then I want to read uh, Luke chapter one because I was I was thinking about uh, uh, John, uh, and it said there was a man sent from God whose name was John. John wasn't the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. And I kind of want to just kind of uh, jump ahead in uh, Luke's gospel chapter one because it tells you a little something about John, and uh, in the the it says uh, that he would go before him. This is verse number seventeen, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. One more verse. Can you take one more verse? Thank you very much for the amen. Luke chapter 1, verse number 80. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. Well, in talking about this, this this is important to me as we were dealing with the true light. Last week on our night shift on Thursday nights, I kind of tied it with a Christmas message and talked about the wise men who followed a light, a star, to get to the true light. Now I want to tell you a little bit about a man named John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. And the, the reason that, that John is kind of fascinating to me is because there is a period of what we would call darkness from Malachi to Matthew. It is certainly a period uh, that is known as the silent period, which is about 400 years from Malachi to Matthew. And Malachi, though, says that the spirit of Elijah will come and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children of the fathers. And uh, for 400 years, there is relative silence. Uh, there, there, are, there are a lot of things that are happening. The temple that is in Jerusalem is rebuilt about six times during that 400-year period. Uh, but, there's a, but there's a whole lot of movements going around with, with uh, the Romans and Alexander and, and, and the media Persians and all of them. There's a whole lot of moving around because God is setting a stage for something that later on Paul and Galatians will refer to as when the fullness of time had come. Somewhere in this, though, there comes, there comes a few interesting things because there is an elderly man and his elderly wife. They are priests, and their, their names are Zechariah and Elizabeth. 
And they've been serving in the temple, and they've been in this temple, and they've been doing uh, the, what they call the administrations. And they've been ministering in the temple, being faithful, the Bible refers to them. But the point that I want to make to you about this is that they were faithful in the absence of presence. Under the old covenant in the temple, behind the, there was always a presence. And there was always a manifestation of the Spirit of God. And one of the things about Zechariah and Elizabeth was they did it when they didn't have it around them and they didn't have any glory. And so sometimes everybody has to be able to walk through a season of life when you do it when you don't feel it. I've been telling you that if you can feel it, you should count it as a gift. But ever so often, you don't feel it, and you got to be faithful when you don't feel it. And I like it about Zachariah and Elizabeth because in the absence of glory, they kept on doing the right stuff. I came to tell somebody on a Thursday night, if you keep doing the right stuff, sooner or later, the right thing is going to show up. You just got to keep on, keep on doing the right stuff. And there they are. And one day, one day out of the blue with nothing else going on, no, no fanfare, nothing unusual. Nobody said it was coming. Nothing was on the way. But he was going about his daily task in the temple. And all of a sudden, without warning, Gabriel shows up. Gabriel shows up and says to him, don't be afraid. Whenever an angel tells you don't be afraid, it's already too late. Don't be afraid. And he says, I'm getting ready to tell you something. You are getting ready to have a baby boy. And so he has to tell Elizabeth, and, he, and then he goes to where he can't speak for all the time until the baby shows up, or he gets ready to write down the name of the baby. And they said, this is what he said to him, which is important, is that this baby's name is going to be called John. Huh. And that, that surprises everybody because uh, a firstborn, especially in tradition ways, the firstborn should be named after the father in those days. And so everybody's gathering around when they find out that Elizabeth is, is with child and they all want to know what you're going to call him and everybody has a name that they want to give him. And so, but they said his name is John. The, 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 the thing about this is that John is the masculine name. The Old, the Old Testament feminine tense of the same name is Hannah. Hannah and John are the same name. It's just in masculine or feminine. And both of them means God is gracious. And really what, 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 I, what they're saying is John says my name, his name is called grace. Everybody wave at me and say my name is grace. And so this is what they, this is what they named John. This is, this is something. This is something because John is kind of a paradox. John is an anomaly. There's nobody else like John because John is born under the old covenant, but the new thing is in him. When Mary, when Mary finds out that she is pregnant and she goes to see Elizabeth, which is her aunt, and she greets Elizabeth, the Bible said that the baby leaped inside of her womb and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody else ain't going to get filled with the Holy Ghost until the day of Pentecost. But John has the Holy Ghost from before he was born. The first person to react to Jesus in the womb was John in the womb. I ain't got to preach a pro-life message to you tonight, but you got to have some understanding that if you can leap in the womb, that means you're alive. If you can recognize the presence of Jesus in the womb, that means there's life on the inside of you. 
Oh my goodness. And, and, and the baby leaps on the inside uh, of Elizabeth and John is filled with the Holy Spirit. Nobody else is going to get it like this until after the day of Pentecost. And so here he is, this strange anomaly. The new covenant has not existed yet. Everything in the Old Testament is not Old Covenant. <laughs> Everything in the New Testament is not New Covenant. John is born under the Old Covenant, but the New Covenant doesn't start till the resurrection of Jesus. Oh, I, I came to teach you something, but what, I, what you have to get is that John is still, John is still, he's, he's got one hand on Malachi, he's got another hand on Matthew, he's born under the old covenant on the outside, but he's got the new covenant working on the inside. John said, my name is Grace. I can straddle between two dispensations, between two covenants and still be moving and feeling with God. Sometimes God gives you the grace to stand in a gap between one thing and another thing between one season and another season when I begin to contemplate on this I, I thought that tonight I should tell somebody somebody is standing right between last year and next year you're standing right now with one hand on what has been and one hand reaching for what shall be but before you get through 2020 you're going to have that new thing that's on the inside of you nobody can see it right now because on the outside you look like everybody else but on the inside something new is being born on the inside of you. There's a new dream coming. There's a new breakthrough coming. There's a new door opening. There's a new season about to dawn on you. And if you know I'm telling you the truth, I think you ought to put them Holy Ghost hands together. You ought to put a new season shout in your mouth and say yes. I, I know, I know, I know we ain't even got through Christmas yet, uh, but I'm thinking about a new thing. I'm thinking about God doing something for you that he's never done before. And other people want to name it after something that has already been. And God said, I'm going to give you something and I want you to call it grace. I'm going to give you the grace to get through it. I'm going to give you the grace to overcome it. I'm going to give you the grace to survive it. I'm going to give you the grace to make it through because if I let somebody else name it, then they gonna try to claim it <laughs> but I'm gonna name it grace so that nobody gets the glory but me and nobody gets the credit but me because grace is coming all over you run to three people push on somebody like it's Thursday night and tell somebody my name is grace my name is grace my name is grace if God's given you the grace to come this far, you ought to say yes. If God gave you the grace to survive everything you survived in 2019, you ought to say hallelujah. Because there were some moments uh, it didn't look like you were going to make it through. It was some situations uh, you didn't know you were going to survive. It was some things that your mind was perplexed and your heart was troubled. Uh, but grace, amazing grace that brought you through. Grace that surrounded you. Grace that preserved you. And you said, oh my goodness, uh, before I get to 2020, before I get to communion on Sunday, I just want to wave my hands and thank God that he called me grace. This is John's name. John's name and John's name is Grace. John's name is Grace. Y'all trying to preach me hard on a Thursday night. And you, this, this, this is Christmas season. Y'all supposed to take it easy on me. But anyhow, the, uh, the, the John now is, 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 is the next time we find him, he's in the wilderness, the desert. 
And this is interesting because I, it always made me wonder where was all these people that were standing around him at his birth. That's the reason you have to be careful about letting everybody else try to name something because they're not going to be there to support it anyhow. The next time we find out about John, he is now in the wilderness. He's in the desert. Disconnected. This is for somebody. Disconnected from his support system. Sometimes for God to prove his grace in your life, he disconnects you from your normal support system. I don't know if you've ever been in that position where it looked like you can't get no help up in here. And ever so often, um, you can't get a hold of your friends. Ever so often, you look around you and it seems like the things that should be feeding life to you are not feeding life to you. This is not the normal course of life, but you have to know that if you're going to be a witness, this is where I'm going with this, because John's purpose, Grace's purpose in your life is to point to the true light. And if you're going to point to the true light, then you have to do something more than just be good at what you're doing. You've you, you got to have something more than just everybody else's help. And so John is alone in the desert, disconnected from his support system. I think this is important because we are living in a generation that needs to understand the grace of God because all of their institutions are failing them. And when you put your trust in institutions, when you put your trust in support systems, uh, and your trust is not in God, sooner or later you come to the end of your way. But if you know that grace is on you, I said, if you know that grace is on you, when everything else dries up, I'm talking about the desert, when everything else dries up, all of a sudden you know that God has you in a place so that he can show everybody his grace is sufficient. The Bible said, as we read in Luke chapter 1, verse number 80, said that the child grew and, was, and waxed strong and was in the desert until the day of his showing. This is important because a desert, a desert, for those of you that have studied it out before, would understand that a desert is not simply defined by the heat. You can freeze to death in the desert. Uh, deserts are defined more by extremities than they are heat. Because it can be, if we use uh, Fahrenheit degrees, it can be 100 degrees during the day and then drop down to freezing at night. It ain't always hot in the deserts. It's just extreme. A, a desert is defined by having no landmarks. Because when you walk through the desert, the wind has a tendency to blow the dunes everywhere. And you can go to bed and the landscape look one way and wake up and it looks another way. You can get lost in the desert because you, can't, you don't have any landmarks. 
Oh, I'm trying to help somebody right here. And, and, and you, in, in the desert, the desert, the desert is, is strange because, because not only do your landmarks change and the sand is shifting and the extremities that, that are there, then the, 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 there's, there's not a lot of moisture, not a lot of water in the deserts. Somebody has to understand the fact that uh, your desert experience is not there to harm you. Your desert experience is to val validate the grace of God that's on your life. Have you ever went through a season of extremities? Hot one day, cold the next day, succeeding in one area, failing in another area, got new friends and old friends walking away. You can have shifting sands upon your life where you don't have landmarks because you haven't been that way before or because things are just changing in your life and you find it sometimes hard to get a hold of your bearings. The point I'm trying to make to you is that John is in a place where nothing grows. But his testimony is that the child grew. The plants are not growing, but John is growing. Every so often you have to grow in a desert place. Because if you can grow in a desert place, you become visible because you're growing when other folks are not growing. You're growing when nothing else is growing. Anybody do any growing at all last year? You might have had a hard time, but if you've been growing, you ought to say hallelujah. Because sometimes you grow even during tough times. Sometimes you grow during uh, desert times. And this desert thing is an interesting because the desert thing then tells us what John had on. John is wearing a camel hair coat. Now, there's only one way to get a camel hair coat. Because that camel ain't letting go of its skin. The only way to get a camel hair coat is you have to domesticate a camel. Hmm. And when you wear a camel hair coat, it speaks to us, garments speak to us something about spirit. The garments of praise. The mantles and shawls. It says something. It's not uh, coincidental that he would have a camel hair coat or else it wouldn't be mentioned. Why is he wearing a camel hair coat? <laughs> because a camel can go a long way on a little bit of water. Uh -huh. The purpose for your desert experience is to teach you to have the mind of the camel and say, if I have to, I'll go a little bit. I'll go a long way on a little bit of a word. Somewhere in your life, you have to learn 
that if I ain't got but with just one little word from God, I will walk on that word until something else happens. Because you will have seasons in your life when the rain is not falling for you. But you can look back and say, man, God gave me. I know some people hear from God every day. I know some people God tells them what shoes to wear to work. I know some people God tells them what road to go down. I know some people tell them God tries to tell them whether you want a Big Mac or a Whopper. I know God talks to people a lot of different ways. But sometimes, sometimes you got to reach way back and say the last time God said something to me was way back here. But I got my camel hair coat on and I'm going to go a long way on a little bit of water. I may not have felt it for a while. It may not have rained on me for a while. Everything around you may be dry and dusty but if you will hang on to that word, you're going to get to where you're going. Somebody say yes. He got on this camel hair coat. The other, the, a camel is a burden bearing animal. Yeah. You, you, you have to be able you have to be able to bear the weight of something. And this is and this is the camel hair coat that John has on. He can go a long way without water and he's learning how to bear burdens. I, I don't want to drop that on you and make you heavy, make you heavy, but somebody should tell you that every so often in life you got to carry some stuff. If you, don't, if you don't understand how to carry a few things, you're going to collapse under the weight of life. Because you don't get from one place to another place in life if you can't bear a burden sometimes. And it's said about John, said about John that his food was locusts. Locusts. Whenever you read locusts in the Bible... You see that locusts are devourers. They come to devour the crops. They come to take the harvest. And this was so interesting to me because I realized that John decided to start devouring the thing that would devour him. <laughs> Ever so often, you got to turn towards your enemy and say, I'm going to start devouring the thing that's trying to devour me. And God says, if you'll do that, then I'm going to dip it in some honey and make it taste good. And ever so often, you start getting a taste for going after the enemy. And you say, here I come with my camel hair coat. And I got a taste for some locusts. And God said, you got the locusts, I got the honey. And here we go. And so you got to come after your enemy. You, if you're in a tight season, if you're in a dry season, if you're in a desert season, I came to tell you, keep growing, keep walking, turn on your enemy, and God's going to give you something sweet in the middle of it. Somebody clap your hands for 10 seconds. I'm about ready to go somewhere. I'm getting ready to turn a corner on this thing. Somebody say, my name is Grace. Come on, say, my name is Grace. What you got to know is there's a grace on your life. There's a grace on your life because if there wasn't grace on your life, you'd have collapsed under the weight of it. If there wasn't grace on your life, you wouldn't still have a praise in your mouth. If there wasn't grace on your life, walking through the stuff you've been through, you wouldn't still have a sweet spirit. But thank God he put some honey in the tough places. He gave you victory over some hard things because God, when it brought you to the world said I'm going to put some grace on you I want to thank God for grace
grace. I know you're smart, but you ought to thank God for grace. I know you're strong, but you ought to thank God for grace. I know you've been working diligently, but you ought to thank God that grace brought you through it. Grace is on you, and grace is taking you into your tomorrow. Come on, this is a little praise break right here, right here. On your, way to, on your way sitting down, would you just tell somebody, if you knew what I've been through, you'd praise God for me. <laughs> don't, don't take my praise lightly because it costs something. Yeah, you didn't just get here by accident. I know you look like you got it together, but every so often you got to tell somebody on your roll, I know I look good. <laughs> tell them, I know. I look good, but I've been through some things. Thank God for grace. Wave at me if you thank God for grace. John, 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 John is coming in the spirit of Elijah. And so by the time Mr. Grace gets to where he's going, he finds water. He finds water, a place called Jordan, and he starts preaching his message. And there's, 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 this, is, this is something that he's out there in this desert, isolated and by himself, learning how, how to survive, being disconnected from everybody else's support system and all of the things that, that John goes through. So that by the time he starts preaching at the Jordan, he has been disconnected enough from the need to fit in to his culture. Oh, my goodness. I understand a lot about culture. I'm not talking about trying to be odd. I'm not talking about trying to be uh, someone who is unaware of what is going on around you, but you have to understand by the time that John comes that those who are serving in the temples, the priests, Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Essenes uh, find themselves now being a political movement rather than a spiritual movement. Y'all don't want to say nothing to me in here. It becomes a political patronage that they get their position from the government. Yeah, 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 okay, I know you got your own message going. But, but what I'm trying to tell you is that if John would have been raped, in that system, then he would be trying to fit in and he would need the applause and the approval of people to do what God gave him to do. And so God gave him some grace and dropped him in the wilderness so that when he comes back, he ain't trying to be part of your club. He ain't trying to be a part of your political party. He ain't trying to be a part of your little group. John said, I got a message. I got a message. One day they're going to write about him. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he was not that light, but he came to bear witness of the light. You can't point to the light if darkness is in you. And John comes there, and John ain't trying to fit in. He's got such an anointing that they all come out there to hear him. The Bible says that all of, of the city went out into the wilderness uh, over by that Jordan to hear from John. 
And John ain't got but one message, baby. He must have been good at preaching it because he ain't got but one message. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. And they come back the next day and it's repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. And they come back the next day and he's preaching repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. He must have been one bad preacher because his crowd kept growing and he was preaching repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. And all of Jerusalem goes out there. And now his skeptics are coming. The Sadducees are coming. The Pharisees are coming. Don't think that everybody that comes to see you likes you. They, they, was, they was looking at him, you know. They was looking at him. But he's out here by himself. Part of the reason I'm pointing that out to you is there's no indication that Jesus and John, uh, though they are earthly cousins, there, there is no indication that they ever had anything to do with each other. <laughs> because John is growing up out here in the desert. Jesus is growing up over here. John is out there baptizing. Now, you should read it sometime because Jesus doesn't get baptized the first time he shows up with John. It's about a three-day experience. And Jesus walks out there amongst the crowd. And John's been baptizing people for some time now. All of them are going out there to be baptized and to listen to John preach his message. And Jesus gets into the crowd one day. And John's message turns just a little bit. He got another point. It turns just a little bit because John says, there is one among you. <laughs> Whose shoelaces I am not worthy to tie. There's something about this because though they have had no contact, the last time John felt that was in his mother's womb. But this time he feels it in the crowd. I've been baptizing all this time, but I feel something. I feel something I haven't felt for a long time because I know he's in this crowd somewhere. Can I tell you, sometime if you're going to get something from God, you got to learn to feel him in the crowd. you got to be able to be surrounded by a lot of people and know what God is up to and say, I haven't felt this for a while, but I feel it right here and I feel it right now. And John says, he that comes after me is mightier than me. And they go away. A few days later, they come back. John, John baptizes Jesus. John says, really, um, I need to be baptized of you. And Jesus says, no, we're going to do this to fulfill all righteousness. One of the things you have to learn about Jesus is he knows how to put an end to a thing. He knows how to put some punctuation on it. If John has got one hand on Malachi and the other hand headed towards Matthew, Jesus says we have to fulfill the old covenant. Watch me. Under the old covenant, then, that John is the greatest born under the old covenant. Jesus will eventually say, will he not, that of the people that are born of women, none is greater than John. Yes, but the least in the kingdom is greater than John. It's two different orders. Yeah. So for Jesus to be confirmed, John is the highest 
ranking person of the order of his day. So Jesus has to be recognized or confirmed by the highest ranking authority spiritually of his day. And then when, when John baptizes Jesus, the new order begins. And the heavens open up, and now we get a higher confirmation that this voice from heaven says, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. John says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. What I need you to do now is stop following me and turn around and follow him because my mission is accomplished. Because God gave me the grace to endure what I went through so I could point to the light. I came to tell somebody on a Thursday night, could it be that you went through what you went through so that you could point to the light, so you could point to the true light, so you could tell somebody it was Jesus that got me through. It was Jesus that made a way. I got through because of grace, but Jesus is the true light. This is the season to testify. This is the season to be an inviter. This is the season to be a witness. This is the season to be a bringer. This is the season to let your light shine so that you can point to the true light. You are not that light, but you came to bear witness of that light because your name is grace. It is the grace of God that brought you this far. It is the grace of God that moves us from one place to the next place. It is the grace of God that gives you the power to point to the light. And I want to declare over you that you should never get to the place that you stop telling your story. That you get to the point should never get to the place where you are not able to point somebody to the light. And John comes in that spirit of Elijah to prepare, to prepare, to prepare the way. And could it be that that anointing wants to rest upon your life and cause you to be a person that is pointing the way to the light. And you know, if you're able to point people to the light, then going through everything that you go through somehow makes some kind of sense. And sometimes you get back and you say, you know what, it's been worth it because I was able to point somebody else to the light, but for them to get to the light, they had to know that my name was Grace. And they would never have known my name was Grace. If I didn't survive the desert, if I didn't domesticate a camel, if I didn't get a taste for locusts, and if I didn't have a message that said repent and be baptized. That's my Thursday night message on the night shift. Now I'm going to pray for somebody. Everybody jump up on your feet for one minute. I hope that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you want to sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.